0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming
1: Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports.
0: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Sports with Mac, Jack, and Jim Jeffcoat. This is our Sunday edition where we have our most fun and kind of go over the biggest News and sports for the week. Any of the hottest news things that come out, we cover them here too. Also, I'm your host Mac, with your co host Jack Hirsch and Jim Jeffcoat. How you doing this morning, folks? Uh, good hey, morning. I'm a
1: little well. How about yourself? Doing
0: real good. Doing real good. Um, you know, the NBA playoffs are always, well, for the most part, they're exciting. This round, guys, hasn't been as exciting as the other rounds. That's for sure. You uh, think so? I don't think it has been really, Jim. I mean, you got you got right now. You've got uh, you know Denver up three to nothing on the Lakers. So I mean, Lakers would have to win four, what four or five games to come back and win this. So I I mean, that pretty much looks like it's over. You had Jamal Murray scoring thirty-seven points. Jokic got off, uh, was very slow at the end. He kicks in for twenty-four. Davis had a pretty good game. He had twenty-eight points and eighteen rebounds. But the Lakers look a little slow. I mean, they look a little tired, and and the younger players that they have there aren't really stepping up, or the newer players, I
1: should say, are ste- aren't stepping up like they
0: were in the other playoffs. In my opinion, anyway.
1: Well, Reeves think? had 20. But here's the thing, and we'll talk about the Lakers first. And um, is is that, and let's be honest, when you're truly best players, 38 years old, you're gonna have some issues, and they don't have enough probably juicing the tank i like lebron but he also davis has been playing well but they don't have that third guy everybody thought it was going to be d'angelo but it is not turning out to be him Um, you got to give also denver credit if you think about it murray didn't play in the last two series in playoffs even when they had the bubble now he's healthy and he is a difference maker Pope is the third scorer right now. And in Yoke, I, I don't care what anybody says. The Joker is the MVP. You can argue everything. The Joker is the best center in the NBA. And he proves uh, it every night.
2: When you say the MVP, he didn't close the season out by making a statement. That's the problem. And he lost the momentum. It started with the Kendrick Perkins comment. That put the voters yeah. on notice, and then Jokic kind of faded the last few games while Embiid played well. He so I, I, have, I have no complaint. I would have voted for Ambi over him. Yeah, you know, I would have voted for I have.
1: because I think the Joker does so many things. He is a unique player at center because he could take you out. He'll hit the threes. He is a phenomenal passer, and his footwork is the best I've ever seen. I mean, he doesn't physically beat you. He beats you with their mind. And he's going to be in the league for a long time because he's so smart. He's kind of like what he is is a point center, the way he plays. He doesn't have to score 30 points a night, which he does. He can beat you other ways if you take that out of
2: him. But you make a good point about the supporting cast of the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell won for eight shooting. And what's revealing, he only played twenty minutes. Yeah. Twenty minutes in a game the Lakers desperately had to win exactly. to save this season. Because he doesn't play tell you a lot. But he's the type of player, maybe he puts it together at some point in his career, because the ability's there. Maybe it's with the Lakers next year. Maybe he goes elsewhere, puts it together. But his career's been a disappointment. He's teased us a lot. He was such a high draft choice. But he's been around long enough to deliver. You know, somehow I see a pattern even like an R.J. Barrett following a D'Angelo Russell pattern. See, I I don't see that.
1: And I'll tell you why. Um, The reason I don't see it with R.J. Barrett, R.J. Barrett is a better defensive player than Russell. Russell is not a good defensive player, and he doesn't even try to be a good defensive player. I think Barrett is yeah. get better.
0: Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Keith. Good, good morning, Keith. Good morning we'll gentlemen. A couple comments on what Jim said there. First, I don't think I don't think LeBron the best player on the Lakers right now. It's got to be Anthony Davis. I really don't mm. think LeBron's the best player. Secondly, um, yeah, we we haven't gave uh, you know me and Jim have talked about this a lot of times. We really haven't. They haven't given the the uh, Denver Nuggets, the credit they deserve. They've always said the Lakers will, you know, they'll they'll uh, figure them out. They'll be better against them. Um, you know, there's always excuses. Denver's just a better team, better overall team at every position, really. So <clears throat> what do you think, Keith? I mean, I don't talk to you about basketball too much, but, I mean, the Lakers just don't have the team that can win a championship this year.
3: Oh, no, they're not deep enough. I mean, when Austin Rivers Austin Reeves is your third best player, is probably indicative of your I mean, he's played great basketball in the playoffs, but I don't think this team is uh they finished seventh in the in the uh in the West for a reason. Nuggets have been knocking at the door for a couple of years now. Mike Malone is a really good coach and uh Jokic is the best player in basketball. He didn't play great last night and they stole no. one handly. No. But yeah, he still Jamal contributed to the game. Oh, he, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Jamal yeah, Murray does many different things. He's just a great player.
2: Hey, now, you like- guys endorsing the latest. Let me just say, if Milwaukee was still in the playoffs and Giannis was doing his thing, I'd hear this panel saying, oh, Giannis is the best player in the no. game. No. Would- Giannis
1: wasn't healthy this year. Yeah. And that was the thing. He might be the best athlete in the game, but he wasn't healthy. Yoke uh the Joker was hey I mean, he just makes plays. I mean yeah, he know. looks clumsy as heck too, doesn't
0: he? I mean, he kind of wobbles the- down there, I mean, his footwork is a shot up and it uh, just goes yeah. in. It <laughs>
4: goes in. It's and in
0: the other in the other uh, uh playoff series, of course, Boston looks like they're in a little trouble, let down two to nothing going back to Boston. Uh Boston hasn't looked good at all, really, to me, against uh against Miami. Of course, Jimmy Butler's doing his thing, he's getting some uh getting some help from that big center. Um they play tonight at 8 30. Any any one of you think that the Celtics can still come back and win this series?
3: They could win, but by the way, they're going to Miami and they're not coming back to Boston. They already lost two games here. So they're they're in trouble because they've lost these two games at home. But I mean they're good enough to come back. The Heat. Jimmy Butler is playing at a different level right now than I've ever seen him play. To be honest with you, I think he's playing tremendous basketball, and I keep saying Eric Splestra is like the most underrated coach and maybe the best coach in the NBA, and and that's a big factor in the series in my mind. Good morning, Rick. But
1: Rick? here's the thing with um, Miami, which is most fascinating in pro basketball this in this time and era. Is they have what they have, what five or seven undrafted free agents, yeah. On team. And they play just like you said, they play at a different speed because you would have never anticipated them doing these things to Boston. You would have never, because I thought Boston had too much depth for him, yeah. But obviously, Jimmy Butler, but bam, out of bottles playing at a different level, they just play so hard.
3: He's a much better kid. The He's market. a better player than I thought he was, yeah. uh He's a great player. I and why would so you lot.
1: antagonize Jimmy Butler? Grant Williams is an idiot. Why yeah. would you antagonize him and get him going? He was just having an average game, and this guy's going to yell and scream at him. He makes one three-pointer.
3: <laughs> that game was basically over when he got yes. in Butler's face. Yes.
2: You know, Miami might be on a run that's a bit deceiving. You know, being down in Florida, I caught a lot of Miami Heat games during the regular season, and they were flat. They were flat all season long, and people forget the play-in tournament.
4: Yeah. They
2: lost their first game. They were given the play-in tournament because of where they were seeded. They had to win one or two mm-hmm. play-in games to advance to the playoff position, and they won the second of those two games. They were one game away from being eliminated. Okay. And then they kind of just put it together against the Knicks. And maybe the Knicks came down to Earth in that series.
4: Yeah. I looked maybe at the it, other I way. Like,
2: on a bit of a run the heat where they might come down to Earth. I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics go into Miami and win both games there. Because awesome. I don't think on Miami's home court. It's such a tremendous advantage. I'm not saying the Celtics are going to do it, but I don't think it would be shocking because I think when push comes to shove, the Celtics really are a better team than the Heat, even though they might lose this. Well, series. here's
1: the thing you got to look at. First of all, is they have an inexperienced head coach in the Celtics. Yep. Spoelstra's been around, but what is the X factor? Is that Pat Riley? Pat Riley is the X factor because. Can you imagine going in there and asking Pat Riley questions? Well, how do we play this? How should we do this? How should we handle this situation? And we all know the success that Riley's had. And I, he had to
3: bring those guys in.
1: There's something he's doing to help that team.
3: Yeah. And all that matters right now is what, how you're playing now. They're playing great basketball right now. That's all that matters. They've won five in a row, right, I think, in the playoffs, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. And to me, I look at the, the Knicks series a whole different way. I think the Knicks weren't as bad as what we thought. A lot of what was was what the Heat was were doing. You know, uh, they're just no, I,
4: you know, we talk
0: about the Celtics stepped and all that great stuff, and and that's all good. But you know, what good is that? I, I think that two, they got two big scorers like they've always had, and they're going back to relying on them two big scorers. They're not really. They're not doing what they did at the end of the season. At the end of the season, they were bringing people off the bench. They were playing more like a team. You see, right now, it's it's Brown. It's 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 yeah, these guys. These guys are the ones taking the ball and and, and yeah. And- but supposedly,
1: he had the best defensive play. He
3: won defensive player of the year. True. And Martin Smart. Mark is smart. Yeah, he's a yeah. great player too. And they can't, he can't stop Jimmy Butler. You know what, though, they keep disappearing at the end of games. All these yes. stars you just mentioned keep disappearing exactly. in the fourth quarter.
2: Exactly. And Virtually the- every team that doesn't win the NBA championship, they talk about all the changes they have to make. Why don't they just keep running it back? Even the Celtics, if they get eliminated by the Heat, come. Uh-oh.
3: Apparently Mac had enough of Jack. No, I, don't know. I, didn't, touch his, I didn't touch his thing. Go ahead, yeah, his, his, his five-year-old granddaughter got him.
1: <laughs> good, good morning, Jason. How you
0: doing? Hey, Jason.
1: Okay, let's, morning,
0: let's, Jason. Get, to, let's get to a little bit of, uh, of uh, Yankee news. Yes. A lot of Yankee fans are celebrating uh, <laughs> that, uh, of course, Hicks is finally designated for assignment. Uh, the fan pressure was was unbelievable this year on on the, on the front office. You know, they, they brought over kid, Allen, who played for the Yankees before from Boston. I guess that's going to be his replacement. I don't see much of a difference. Short term. Short term. Yeah, well, I, I don't you know. know. Well,
3: it's, it's a different body. That's all I care about is I don't want to see Aaron Hicks out there anymore. I just couldn't. If nobody wants to see him out there anymore except Jack.
0: I, I I don't know, Keith. I don't think it's much of an improvement. I, I would think you would want to improve short term, long term. Hicks was doing fine lately. I mean, what's the? Why don't wait till that guy comes and lose Hicks for short term?
3: There'll be I, another left fielder in here before the trade you know, deadline, you know. so this is a short term thing, and you know maybe gives him a little boost. Uh, we, Power we played good yesterday.
2: We were talking before the show about owning a team. The people didn't hear that. If I owned the Yankees, Keith, I would have no hesita- hesitancy making you team president. But I don't know about GM. I don't know what I'd put you next.
3: No, because I wouldn't want to keep the 188 hitters around. I know you'd want to fire me. So
0: no, well, Jack gave him the kiss of death. You know, Jack gave him the kiss of death when he said he's playing better and, and all that stuff. So I know he did? He, yeah, Hicks was Hicks was on his way out when Jack said a compliment in
2: there. So.
3: Just Friday morning he said that, right? They but, owe him
2: 10 million a year. The next two years after this one, after pay a salary this year, then $10 million a year the next two years. You don't throw money away like that. It's the Yankees. You're going to spend my money that way, and I'm the owner. You better straighten that guy out. No,
1: he, he, he has a point. This is not the Yankees that are old with the dad Steinbrother.
3: They don't have this There's-
1: thing that they had. Steinbrenner,
3: was there's still the money, team. there's still money galore between what the Yankees bring in, what the what the Yes Network brings in, which I know they don't own the majority of it anymore, but still, we're not the Kansas City Royals, we don't have to sit with That's guys true. who are terrible. Well, Jack, Jack just brought up during
0: the show who cares about you know, if you got enough money, you know, like like a, a Cohen, you get two billion, you don't even have to worry about signing freedom. That's what I'm he saying,
4: yeah.
3: Man, so. I mean, so, see, we're the guy, thirty million. I get it, but you know, you know, no.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so anyway, so the but the Yankees have been playing well of, of late. Seven um, and three yeah. in the last ten games. Judge and Rizzo, hey, you know, five and five. Yeah, Judge and Rizzo have been tattooing the ball, Keith. The offense is is playing really well. Get that pitching going, maybe we got something near the end of the year.
3: They're starting to play. The pitching still scares me, and it's still got a problem in left field, which has got to be fixed, which you've already talked about, right? Uh Because You're right. Allen's not the answer. I said that when I replied to the post yesterday. Um, Short-term, fine. Maybe I'll give him a little boost. But um, Bowers played okay. I mean, I think they can survive in left field for now. I do think they'll make a change. The pitching is what's got to really step up because we haven't seen any. Again, now, if you told us we'd be – what are we now? Eight games over five hundred on the stings in front of me. Yes, eight games eight, over. Yes, eight games. And and we wouldn't have got a start out of uh, a Severino who starts today. Not a start out of Rondon. Um, you know, you'd get some of the bad play that you've had in 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 the, in the outfield. And by the way, Cabrera hasn't done a whole lot either. Who we thought was going to be uh, a, a big factor this year. And we we'd only be six games out with the great start that the that the Rays had. I'd be very happy right now.
2: Let me tell you what slipped under the radar, guys. Uh, We never give the Mets any attention, and this is linked to the Yankees indirectly. Gary Sanchez is now on the Mets roster. I mean, who would have thought that? I have a hard time visualizing Gary Sanchez behind the plate for the Mets. But could you imagine he goes from Sayonara back to the Mets and he's catching Hall of Famers like Max Scherzer, Justin Verland all of a sudden. And you yeah. think he, you think he could produce, revive his career with the Mets?
3: No, wait till those guys catch him. Wait till he catches those guys just once. He won't catch them ever again, probably. Well, they anyway. might not
4: want to catch him again.
3: There's a good chance by the time we talk next Sunday, he won't be on that team anymore. They brought him up only because he had to be brought up or cut. So they thought they'd bring him up, see if there's a, something lightning in a bottle, and there's not going to be.
1: Mets are a 500 team. Yeah.
2: They're 500. Yep. A, yeah. You know, well, again, we can't get mad at because he spends money. He so
1: has so a, he, but that is management. he spending the money
2: right? Yeah, I mean, listen, he signed Justin Verlander for two years. He gave him filthy money, 86 $88 million for two years. But how do you fault him? He was a Cy Young Award winner. Now people are saying, well, he signed an old pitcher. An old pitcher who won the Cy Young last year? I mean, you can't criticize him for moves like that. They're good moves. He lost Jacob DeGrom. He counted by signing Justin yeah, Verlander. DeGrom is supposed to start throwing next week.
3: Yeah, that trade off is a good trade off for the Mets. And the Mets fans should relax. They booed Velander off the mound the other night. Yeah. Just relax a little.
2: And that was his home game. Yeah. They say uh, the, the Yankees are winning
1: 28.
3: What are they, 28 and 20? Uh, 20, yeah. Right? I
2: think so,
0: yeah. yeah. You know, so Keith, we've talked about, about, we about, we about Glaber Torres a lot on the show. Um, I was talking to, to Doc and Jack yesterday. Now, when Glaver Torres came up and he played second base and he stayed at second base, he was very productive. Good glove, hit the ball well. Then they move him to shortstop and he falls apart. Now they got to play third base shortstop, center field, all over the place. I he haven't seen him in
3: the outfield. Is that
0: accurate? Yes. He, he, never, he, he played an outfield a couple of games. But you never saw the Yankees move Willie Rand off the shortstop. You never yeah, see him so- big- take Take Bucky Dent and throw him at third base. To me, if you want a good player, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you want somebody to develop like Torres has the capability of, why are you messing with the kid? Leave him at second base. Know. Volpe, he's our shortstop. He's making errors. We keep him at shortstop. We don't move him to third. Why do they do that to that kid? Leave well, they might him move
3: him eventually, him. but that's it, it, to your point. Yes, I mean that doesn't help a young kid's development. Move the shortstop was the worst thing they could have done. I would like to have seen them move him to the outfield a long time ago with the problems they've had in left field. The kid's an athlete. If you put him there, he could play probably. And they've got other people that they could put at second base. So I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with, as you said, the constant jerking him around different places. Some guys are built to do that, right? But not him. DJ can do that, he's a veteran and he's played all these yeah, positions.
4: Yeah.
0: That's exactly what I was
2: saying. So you guys wait wait, you guys have given up on Anthony Volpe being the Yankees shortstop. No, oh, right. a, oh, yeah, so what's the argument? Anthony Volpe, that's his position. He's who's there. That, well who so everybody playing second. Who base. was
3: talking about Anthony Volpe? <laughs> well, you did bring him up. You did bring I him up.
0: I said he played shortstop. Yeah, he he made errors. We're keeping him at shortstop. Why are and, I, shortstop? and I
3: said, there's a chance he will move, and there is a chance oh, right. he will. Torres oh. is a better defensive player. At some point, he may not be the Yankee shortstop. That's okay.
4: Yeah, okay.
0: I, <laughs> I, I I thought you were talking about Torres.
3: Anyway, um,
0: by the way, that move
3: is the worst move the Yankees have made in forever, besides signing Aaron Hicks to that contract. uh, the, uh moving. Yeah. moving. Moving towards the first was awful, awful move. Aaron
2: Hicks is going to hit for Syracuse and the Miners, and they're going to bring him back up, and he's going to contribute to the Yankees.
3: I don't care so if he hits 60 out. home runs in Syracuse. I don't want him back in his roster. By the way, he's got to accept. He didn't accept the demotion of Syracuse, I don't think. He, right now he's DFA, so... they got to pay him
2: his money,
3: you know, regardless. Regardless, yeah. He doesn't have to accept the minor league assignment, though. He can become a free agent if he wants. Or the Yankees can still trade him while he's on this DFA list. So they've got – I don't know how many days. I think you've got – it might be 10 days. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure once you put him on that list. So Coach
0: Tomlin Tomlin was joking uh, with with, uh, some reporters and that about – what uh, you know? What uh, Belichick did moving up, and despite the Jets, is, I, is that was was it despite the Jets? I mean, yeah. did he have to move up? Could he have stayed there and still got the same person,
3: or was that? Um, well, he could have stayed there and got the guy he wanted. Sure, he, he took a chance going back. He might not have gotten Gonzalez by dropping back, but I think they were pretty confident they would still get him at seventeen. And I think they saw a chance, a chance to tweak the Jets, and they took it. I really believe that. Yes. Right. The said every opportunity to tweak the Jets.
2: Salah so said it had no effect on the Jets. They would have drafted who they did regardless.
3: I think they're full of crap too. That's they didn't. They took every second of the of their time uh, when they when that pick got changed.
1: Do you think there's that much animosity between Belichick and the Jets right now?
3: Um, yeah, I still I think I Belichick on the Belichick side. The Jets have probably I don't even know was it Woody Johnson even the owner when that all happened? I don't think he was. Um, Wasn't it so Leon Hess? Uh, so I don't know if it's the animosity goes both ways, but the animosity with Belichick towards the Jets, I think, is still there. Yeah. Wow.
0: wow. I know college football is going to be coming up soon, Keith. Um, There's this one player I, I I read about, and maybe you've you've seen seen the the write-ups too. Uh This linebacker Wyatt Simmons. Yes. Uh, six three yes. Uh, uh two
4: hundred
0: fourteen pounds. Never heard of him. Now all of a sudden, the NFL teams are all talking about him. Uh So, well, not the NFL. He's only a, in high
4: school. He yeah, college, college
0: teams. teams. College they, teams. They start. They start looking at him in high school. You know that, Jim. But anyway, yeah. anyway. Uh, have you are Manning, you You're anything?
3: looking at. Me. He's in seventh grade.
0: Have, have you seen anything on, on this Keith on this kid? Uh,
3: uh, very little, a little bit. I've heard his name come up, and you know the fact that again they start recruiting these kids when they're you know, playing junior varsity football now it seems. So um there'll be he'll be there'll be a mad rush for this kid and there'll there'll be all kinds of uh uh visits for him. I think who knows what happens to these guys. Yeah, his father's
1: won uh, quite a few uh, division two championships in college. His father was a head coach at one of those schools in Arkansas.
3: Yeah, his head coach, might, his father might suddenly become a assistant coach exactly. on one of these major yeah.
1: college teams too, pretty yeah. soon. The kid is supposed to be really – SMU offered him first. Yeah. Now every major school in the country is offered him.
3: Very He's doubtfully ends here. up with SMU, right? Um, yeah, it won't be. It'd be it a major SMU. coup for them, for sure. But SMU is
1: going to the Big 12. Yeah. So you never know. Oh
3: no! I'm sorry. They're
1: not.
4: Houston is SMU. Houston is, is not.
1: my
3: yeah. you know, SMU's talked. I've uh, been talking with the Pac-12 though okay. too. So yes. yeah. the Pac-12. Yes.
2: It's funny what I discussed with mm-hmm. Mac for a while. We've been talking whether teams should be allowed to draft kids out of high school. Imagine you get a great junior. Imagine you get this a great ninth grade in football, and they use a seventh round draft choice on them, Figuring years later. They could cash in on this great talent. Can you imagine a ninth grader shows up at the NFL camp and calls their bluff? Either you give him his big signing bonus, you got to cut him. And, of course, they're going to have to cut him. But it kind of makes you wonder, well, why can't they draft a kid out of high school realistically and use that draft pick later? He becomes eligible to play X amount of years later. You only taking a chance. used to like have
1: it. future picks. That's what Herschel Walker was. And but
3: now you can only really keep a guy till the next draft. Like
2: Herschel Walker, you know in the 11th grade, he's going to be great probably. And, and you and the team might figure, we're going to use a sixth to seventh round draft choice, mm-hmm. get Herschel Walker, and we're going to cash in like three, four years later. You never
3: know no, no, they are, they're not ready to play in the NFL. After, <laughs>
2: no, no, for down the line, you Use a low draft pick for down the
3: line. Isn't that what they do in baseball? No, because you lose him by the next draft. You only keep his rights for a year. Okay. And then next draft comes around, he's going to go back in the draft again if you don't sign him. Mm -hmm. You could sign him and then not play him, I suppose. Now, I don't even know. With the NIL rules today, I suppose you could play. In fact, John Elway did it. John Elway signed a, a, a my contract with the Yankees play Noniana and he was still playing at Stanford. Yeah. Keith,
2: I will. have your answer for the Yankees move Anthony Volpe to second base in the Yankees to get the rights to Kyler Murray after he farms out as Arizona's quarterback. <laughs> yeah. He'll be ready to resume his baseball career. Yeah, why
3: don't we get Russell Wilson too. We'll make them our double play combination.
2: There you go. <laughs> you got, any thoughts on
0: this year up here coming? Uh, it's early, but the college football, uh, College football game. What do you got? You got any thoughts about what's going to happen this year?
3: You know, the t- it's the t- the top's still going to be Georgia and Alabama are still going to be battling it out for the right. top spot. Georgia's just reloading again. Um, Ohio State. What's one thought I'll say is Ryan Day is under some pressure at Ohio State. He needs to beat. Ridiculous. He needs to beat. You're right, and he needs to beat Michigan, and he needs to compete for probably get to a final. Uh, or he's going to be in trouble, I think, in, in Ohio State. So, the sleepers this year, though, you know, watch out for somebody like Tulane if you want to look for a sleeper and out of the uh power, I'm sorry, not the power five, the group of five teams. Uh, they played really good football last year. Their quarterback's coming back, the they lost league, their running back, though. He was yeah, ready. they did lose a running back, but the league's going to be a little weaker, so they're they they could very well have yeah. a really good record, right? That so, is
1: true. but um. What I was going to ask you is I noticed you said Georgia and Alabama, but they did a thing on revenue. And did you realize the University of Texas had 161.5 million dollars. The next was Georgia with 157 million dollars. Yeah, their revenue, they're making revenue. And then Alabama was down the road. Notre Dame was up there. I think Notre Dame was third.
3: You know, Texas is going to be an interesting story as well with Arch Manning coming in. In the spring, uh, Cam Ewers has won the won the job, but a lot of quarterbacks probably have won the job in the spring and not been the starting quarterback in September. So yeah. um, that, that bears some watching. And Steve Scarsazian's job is, you know, they're, yeah. they're good enough to win the Big 12 on their in their last year there, and they probably better do it, I think, for Steve Scars- yeah, Scarsazian. My concern and- with Alabama
1: is who's going to be the quarterback?
3: Well, we say that a lot, but they always find one. Well, we all we all know that
0: Jimmy Brown passed away. Jim Brown passed away yep. in eighty-seven. Uh, you know, and, and it, listen, at one time Syracuse was a powerhouse with running backs. Anyway, you had him, Zaka, Floyd, Little, to name a few. Um, do you see? You see any of these schools, Syracuse or or, or the other these older schools that were big at one time, making any kind of comeback, Keith?
3: It's very hard for them to compete. On a high level. Syracuse had a great start last year, got off six and zero, um, and then went to Clemson and, and played them well for a half. Their quarterback got hurt and the season pretty much went in the in the tank after that. Uh, Dino Babers is a really good head coach there and they've got a chance to compete, you know, in the ACC, depending on what happens there. There's a lot of talk about the A C C breaking up a little bit too. Um, but can they compete for a national championship? It's gonna be very, very hard with the way the landscape is today in the power. <laughs> You know, SEC and the Big Ten being so strong and only going to get stronger, it's going to be very hard for these teams like Syracuse. I'd love to see it, see them do well, but it'll be very Did hard.
1: Did you see that uh, Mike uh, Bond, the uh, AD for USC, USC retired? I mean, yeah,
3: Supposedly, he's got some health issues, uh, is why he stepped away. He was well, at Colorado
1: when I was there.
3: Yeah. And uh, he's done a good job at USC, I think, restoring yeah. that. I mean, it, it's weird timing. They just brought in uh, Bronny to uh, play basketball yeah. there uh, next year, so that'll be interesting uh, to see how long he sticks, see how well he does. Number one, because nobody—I don't think anybody really knows how good he is, and we're going to find out. Uh, I think he's played.
1: pretty darn good. He, yeah, he's starting to get really good.
3: Yeah. And so the question is going to be how well he plays, and then how long he sticks around, right? Because oh, his dad wants to don't play, don't play don't with him. Stick so around one year. Probably. Since he what yeah, and they both him and his yeah. dad wanna to play together, right? So he can't stay for four years, probably. Yeah.
2: Jim, how revered was Jim Brown by the NFL players of your time? Was he oh, there's bigger no, than life?
1: Everybody thought he was the greatest running back. And yeah. there were some great running backs, but Jim Brown was exceptional. I mean, think about sure. how, how he he was so big and athlete. He was a great lacrosse player, as Keith probably would say.
3: Yeah, greatest he, maybe. He
1: did. He did well. I mean, he was just a physical phenom. He Let played just, in an era where he, uh, they didn't have the rules they have today, and he still dominated. And he only panel. played
2: nine years.
1: Let great me panel. just
2: add before, you know, Mac introduces Rob Butler, that Barry Sanders' dad said his son – was the second greatest running back of all time, Jim Brown was number
5: one.
3: Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. I can't talk to Robert, so I'm getting out of here right now.
5: <laughs> hey Keith, <laughs> we got all your help,
3: man.
4: <laughs> 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 My Thanks, Keith. Have a good day. Thank
0: you. Well, there you go, Keith Engel from TGI Sports, and we welcome in Robert Butler from Sportscope as he comes in every Sunday with the biggest stories. And and just so happens that I uh This is one of the topics I suggested to to Robert. His thoughts on Jim Brown. What do you you got, Robert?
5: Yeah, the only non-quarterback to win three MVPs, Uh, Jim Brown, man. I was watching, uh, reading about what other players were posting about Jim Brown, current players, players that played in the 90s. And there's a picture of him close to Derrick Henry. And I'm thinking that's – he's – Kind of like the Derrick Henry of his generation, you know. Like you said, no. Jim, the yeah. clotheslines and stuff. Derrick and Henry
1: is the uh, of our generation. Jim Brown is the original. He's the original I mean, OG. He,
5: Remember, he was yeah. in that movie, Original Gangsters. And- yeah.
1: I mean, Jim Brown. Yeah. Do you watch those? When you watch those films, that's yeah. one. I mean,
5: they have four or five guys trying to tackle him. And yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: And you know, he always a, got
5: up the same way, guys, whether he was hurt or not. So he could. Right. very them, but, slow, yeah.
0: very slow. You know, what was interesting, I was watching Jim Brown when he was in one game where he actually was the kicker. He threw a touchdown pass and ran yes. for a couple touchdowns. I mean, the guy was awesome. Uh, track and field, lacrosse, the dude did it all. Um, yeah. You know, uh, my father talked about Jim Brown like crazy. And, and of course, the giant defense, the 4-3, Tom Landry set that up to stop Jim Brown. That's what the whole idea of the 4-3 was. So uh, incredible, incredible. Well,
2: Mac, one of your idols, Sam Huff reportedly was terrified of Jim Brown. He wouldn't take him on. I mean, the only one willing to take Jim Brown on -on one-on-one was Chuck Bednarik because Chuck Bednarik was the toughest guy ever. So he was willing to go head on. And Jim Brown respected Chuck Bednarik a heck of a lot, he said. You yeah, know, I mean
0: they did show, they did show. He had
2: a gang tackle him. He was an athlete who was ahead of his time. Sometimes you get an athlete who's decades ahead of his time. It would be Sugar Ray Robinson in boxing. He had that athletic skill, even though it was a 40s and 50s fight and the 60s as well at the end. And certain athlete and Jim Brown was that athlete, he was a modern athlete before the modern athlete.
0: Yeah, he was incredible. There's, there's too much you can say about him. Uh, one more thing, Rosie Greer said he tried to tackle him one time and he smushed his steel helmet to his face. He said from from that. Imagine dragging Rosie Greer. That was a big man. Uh, he said he started tackling the legs at the end. Robert big, it's and this not big news, but 49ers, I don't yeah. know if they're in trouble for this or, or but they they decided to uh you know uh use a political influencer to to for yeah, a so. campaign down there in San Francisco. What's going on down there?
5: Yeah, you know, I tried to figure that story out too. I looked it up a couple. Of, I mean, you sent it, and I, I couldn't figure out why they have to have a lobbyist. Uh, is it a stadium issue? Uh, are they trying to get some local tax benefits? Uh, it, it, that still remains to be seen. I, I'm not sure. And then it is a former lobbyist. So, right. right yeah. I, think
1: a, I think there's a little bit more. I think the lobbyists got in trouble, right, Robert?
5: yeah yeah that yeah the lobbyists got charged with a crime and stuff so it's that's still developing man i, I mean i'm not a lawyer i couldn't tell you what some of the, the mo jumbo uh, jumbo is with that but uh yeah we'll see Let it was, out, you know
0: i know there were some charges of perjury or something they were leaking yeah. the documents before and, and all that good stuff um we have uh Griner returns to the WNBA, and of course, you know everybody knows the story of Griner going to, to Russia, being held in a prison. She plays her first game. Robert, um, kind of ran out of gas. Uh, the vice president went there. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Griner and returning to the WNBA?
5: Yeah, I mean, I I was reading something a week or so ago that she looks at the national anthem different now, and you know things ain't so bad here when you look <laughs> That's <think> right. about. <laughs> Yeah, she said she. she
2: Which brings to us to LeBron James, who, when she was detained, saying, "Why would she even want to come back here?" Right. I mean, yeah. You know, I love but the way LeBron, we giving LeBron James <laughs> passes for that and other things.
1: I don't remember that
2: one, Jack. Yes, he did. She was. Yeah, he said, it. Why, he said
5: it. Yeah, he said Why that. would
2: she even want to come back to this country? He said it when she was being detained during that time.
5: But he went back and on LeBron it. And, said, said, yeah. Yeah. and then the yeah. next
2: day, his people came out with a statement attributed to LeBron where he said, this is a beautiful country. There you LeBron go. Yeah. Say, this is a beautiful country. Come on. Come on. Well,
5: yeah. ain't nothing like some humble pie and humble like like meat. I did not to do with it.
2: The Jets are a beautiful team by LeBron saying, this is Man. I just, I
0: like, I like LeBron's ghost layup there when he didn't have the ball and he was gonna. Oh, man. I
2: still like hey, LeBron. Man. I can't I help but like LeBron. Like, I don't know why I like the guy. I still I mean, like him it's
1: because he's 38 LeBron. years old and he's still playing at a high level. Right. right. you, know I, guess, you just,
2: know. I don't know why. I take There's always
1: hope. Life. I was out there uh, when I was running this morning. I knew there was hope. Maybe someday I could come back. <laughs> and do what, Jim? What are you gonna do when you come back from where? Where are you going? Come back and play. I got okay. one more pass rush in. Me. Uh,
2: you one know, more, uh, Mac one more third long. It. Yeah. yeah. Matt tried to put me down on the show the other day. He thought I was giving digs to you, Jim, when you played, because I said you were beside a lot of great players. Because mentioning, well, if you had to play alongside Thibodeau instead of some of the other guys, you wouldn't have performed as well. <laughs> Thibodeau I
4: don't, is gonna be a,
2: Thibodeau's going to get 10 sacks
1: just because of you. He's you looking every day and getting himself pumped up for it.
0: Yeah, you and Byron are singing the same chorus there. Um, you know, what Jack tried to say was that the other players around you made you better, Jim. And I said, well, Maybe Jim being around those players made him a little bit better too. So, you
1: know. Jack, something happened. I don't know what happened, but one year we all had double-digit sacks. So you'd I don't know. If they made better. They made me better. I know probably we were...
2: got three against the Jets in one game. I bet with the offensive line against New York teams. Uh,
1: we didn't play the Jets very much. <laughs> Yeah. But when we played him, we beat him. I'm sorry, Jack. <laughs> That's, that, everybody
0: did, Jim. Don't
1: worry about it. Robert, um, a yeah.
0: little bit of the other players of Miami. We talk about uh, Jimmy Butler. Of course, we're starting to look at the center more. What about yeah. the other players in the Miami uh, Heat team?
5: Well, you know, Bam, uh, that player, He he's a guy that people have been talking about for a while, you know, and, you know, he had the highest plus-minus. That's a stat you see on NBA.com uh, of, of both teams in game one. And then you get guys like this Gabe uh, Vincent who had the highest plus-minus as a point guard uh, in game two on Friday night. And, you know, think about Kevin Love. They acquired him late. Kyle uh, Lowry, Kyle those are two championship players. They're past their prime, obviously. But you gotta look at they're winning with smarts and grit, uh, coaching, uh, culture. Uh, it's unbelievable that they're doing what they're doing. I mean, being an eight seed like that. But uh, you know, hey, so you guys are just stepping up, man, and not to be clicheus, but it's true. He is right, dude.
1: that is yeah. true. And yeah. Martin and all those undrafted uh Players, and they still play at that level. It's going to be interesting today to see if they can sustain that.
5: Right, right. I don't think they could sweep Boston, uh, but you never know what you're going to get out of Boston, man, with this new coach.
2: Rob, what do you think the biggest move in the NBA is going to be during the offseason? Because uh, there's so much uncertainty. Will Kyrie Irving sign with the Mavs? Will James Harden be back with the Sixers? Will the Suns move on from Chris Paul? Is any uh, will uh, Clay Thompson with the Warriors? Is he still going to be with them? Do you see any blockbuster, uh, you know, deal being made?
5: I think I think the Warriors definitely got to get younger, Uh, whether it be with Clay or Draymond. I know Clay or Steph is the guy that, you know, uh, he's their centerpiece. There, Uh, you're starting to see fatigue on those guys. I mean, you know, uh, Draymond Green's going to be 34. Maybe they go after a poor man's Draymond Green and a Dylan Brooks, twenty-seven-year-old Dylan Brooks, wow. who is. Bill yes, Brooks.
2: yes. Hate <laughs> such. Are you kidding me? He's a
5: they West Coast us guy. they forgiving.
1: Well, he, he, he went, went to Oregon,
5: but he's from Toronto. Yeah, he went to Oregon. You know, and uh, they need that role to be filled with Dray and Draymond. I understand what Kerr's saying about Draymond Green, but. Braymond Green's not getting any younger. That is true. Yeah.
1: That is true.
5: Kyrie's a role player. I mean, he don't play any defense. I, I there's I don't he's not gonna get what he's asking for, guys.
0: Yeah, I listen that the three biggest to me, the three biggest stars that never play defense, of course. Uh to me, Kyrie's one of those. I don't think he plays a good defense. Uh, I don't think that uh um the uh, I got a, a brain for you. Harden? Carlos. Uh, Anthony, James Harden. Yeah, James Harden. Those are the three that, that really – Yeah. They, no they color tried color.
2: to play defense. They're just not quick and not that effective. <laughs> yeah, It's not <laughs> like not they don't play. talking about
1: Aiden from uh, the Suns, possibly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I've watched him play, and he doesn't play hard all the time. I'd be really s- skeptical about putting him on your team.
2: Reportedly, he wants out, and they gave him the new contract. So, I mean, some certain guys, once they get their money, they ease up a little bit. most players, Powell. I mean,
1: uh,
2: yeah, pal. Oh, yeah. Some of them shut down once they have their have their money. Also, I'm not saying this is a case of Aiden, but sometimes a guy really is hurt and we don't know how he's feeling, and we have the impression he's not putting forth the effort, but he could really be hurt, like with Kawhi true. Leonard. We don't know how hurt he is, but people are kind of insinuating that he's taken his foot off the accelerator, and I don't know whether that's true or not. Yes, yes.
0: Um, Spurs, and, uh, of course, they're, they're going to be signing – I'm going to try try this again. Win Ben, ben Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, the big guy from France. That's
0: what very I said. big seven foot four. Um, you know, Robinson, you know, and and it seems like Popov gets his one player that attracts uh, a lot of players to come play with him. This is I think yeah. this is gonna be one of them, Robert. I think a lot of people are gonna go down to San Antonio wanting to play with this kid, and the Spurs are gonna go be back on their way to the championship here in a few years.
5: Yeah, I was really hoping that someone like OKC, which would have been a long shot with Sam Presti, but the general manager is really good. Or San Antonio, I was so glad he didn't go to Detroit or Orlando or Charlotte, one of those organizations. I was hoping he would get proper development. That My thing is, does this keep Popovich, who he's got a contract coming up, 74, does he put life in Popovich like a Mike Tyson and a uh Motto Jack. Uh yeah, yeah. to maybe
1: coach I got a, a question familiar. for you, Robert. Name yeah. me the last seven four player that was dominant in the NBA. Name right. Me. Yeah.
5: He's between seven two and seven five and I can't but remember one on. that was dominant.
1: That's what my point is. Yeah. Yao Ming was the closest.
5: But no one had his skill
2: set. He's skinny, Jack. Has, he he, the he, no, 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 no. But uh, reportedly he could even play point guard just because uh, a guy's big. It doesn't mean he doesn't have a high yeah. skill level. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar could have played point guard. People don't realize that he was an outstanding athlete. This guy, is, because, not,
1: this guy is a two pick. He's going to yeah. get, he is not Garnet.
2: He'll build up.
1: He'll oh, physically <laughs> build up. He's, a boy <laughs> he's right. not, build. not the greatest Man. player ever to play team sports.
0: Jim, you Jim, you give him three years. That that kid's dominating. I'm sorry. Oh my God. Well, yeah. well, well, you you guys, guys really do that. Yes. I mean, did, did you watch that, that special they did on him? He doesn't even play in the highest league in France. Did yeah, you know I've, that? I'm, I'm, he's, yeah. plays, he's a high school player, Jim. He's a high school player. So, I mean, yeah, I don't don't
4: because
2: believe that. Right. Worst, worst, worst case scenario, he'll be a very good starter. Worst case scenario, case scenario he'll be the greatest ever.
1: He'll never those guys in NBA. They're
2: licking their chops. He won't have any protection on San Antonio because they have a very bad team. So they're going to have to kind of work him in, you know, in spots. They can't put him in a position where he has to carry the team. Robert,
1: you think that that's it and he does have some skills yeah but he's never faced anything like he's gonna face well according
0: to your man lebron james he's a next all player of all century so yeah. that's you that's that's your guy saying it robert yeah. <laughs> batters picking players at the clock uh violations yeah. so i mean have they been calling this is this uh I know they put them on warning about this, or so they take it too yeah. long to get the batter's box or whatever. Go ahead, Robert. Tell us a little bit yeah, about
5: that. Yeah, my thing is I, w- I was just wondering uh, why didn't the umps always give the heads up to throw the ball anyways that we're going into play? Maybe they start to implement that So, say, hey, look, man, get in the box all the way. Don't have one foot out. And let's – I mean, people's always looking for an edge. Yeah. <laughs> very true. So let's put the ball in the play, like in basketball, you know, you got any,
0: any other big stories you got for us, Robert?
5: Um, let me look down here in my notes here. And then
2: I want to ask Rob, did yeah. the Tennessee Titans quarterback room, what's going on there? Is Tannen Hill feeling the heat?
5: Well, he said deja vu, uh, same thing last year. Remember they, they drafted a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if you think about it with yeah. this quarterback situation, Uh, Tannehill is still on the roster now. They could possibly cut him after June 1st and save more money. If they do that, uh, the expectations are going to go way down for Tennessee this year. Uh, But you look at a guy like Will Levis, uh, it's not as much pressure on him being in the second round versus the first round. I feel like uh, any, any kind of success will be seen as a success. There's not a very high bar here locally, Jack. On, no. on him, no uh, Tennessee's so got a good running game, and uh, we'll see. Um, I mean, nobody really knows, Robert, nobody knows how competitive he is.
1: My surprise team, and this yeah. is going
5: to shock all of you for this year, is the Cleveland Browns. Oh, no, not yeah, I've been following Cleveland. Uh, they signed sure. Smith, Yeah. Uh, their, their run defense will get cleaned up under Schwartz, yep. Yeah. Uh, another year back with Watson. I'm I'm, the, that's I'm still the debating whether it's going to be Browns or Cincinnati even though Pittsburgh had a great offseason, man.
1: That's going to be a tough league right there. And, that
5: division's uh, going to be man, every week you're holding your breath. Yeah. Yeah, but I think
1: Cleveland's going to make a move.
0: Yeah. Well, well, yeah, they should make a move, Jim. They 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 stunk last year. I hope they make a move. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, Mac, <laughs> Mac, Mac put both of you in your place. I love, I love it. it. I hope so they yeah. will. That's yeah. telling a Mac. I love yeah. it. So, uh, but if I have to say now, it's too early, so don't hold me to it. Cincinnati would be my pick very early on to win the Super Bowl right early. now. That would yeah. be my pick right now. Yeah, so, yeah
1: they, they had, had, still had some issues. They still have some issues. They
5: got some Well, he that Brown at left tackle, Jim. I know. I know. Yeah. And he used to play with the Ravens, so he knows what kind of pass rush he's going to deal with. Yeah. And, and I don't know like, what Joe Mixon
2: in, in at running yeah. back. He's had off the field issues. Uh, you know, I'm not sure what's going to be of him. I think he slipped under the radar as far as, you know, the public looking into his situations.
5: I'm yep. I thought they would cut him and maybe draft the Jamar Gibbs out of Alabama, but it, you know, Gibbs got took Is off. Is he that good, uh, Robert? Jamar Gibbs? Ah, he's a cross between Ray Rice and Alvin Kamara. Oh, man, he was great at Alabama, man. Wow. wow. Anyway. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. So Detroit made the right move, huh?
5: They he was drafted a little ahead of where he probably should, but he's going to be a good player. He's going to be a really under that line and in the dome like that. Oh, yeah.
2: You know, I Great get the fantasy feeling player. what's going to happen in the NFL down the line is what's going on in Wall Street. What's it called? Trader inside information. I get a feeling some of these college coaches have a relationship with the head coaches where they're giving them certain inside information to who to draft on their team, who not to draft. I mean, that's, that's stuff I know good. has been going on. What? that's always yeah but that but it's kind of wrong it's it's it hamp- <laughs> it gives an advantage to certain NFL teams I mean if, if a coach is explaining maybe a medical issue and then he lets other teams draft certain players late on and he tells the coaches he's close with don't pick them that early I mean something about it is a little you know or Nick Saban
5: says he's got an open-door policy. If, it, if it's and, uh, I could probably agree with you. If it's but, which means but he has had some uh, problems uh, coming in late. Uh, he has had some maturity issues. He was charged with a possession charge. Uh, you don't want but, but you and. But if anybody wants to ask, this is what he said. I will tell him, and some coaches never ask him. So what he said that in one of his documentaries. With, yeah, he sure uh, did. Phil Belichick, yeah. yeah, the guy you know, Kirby Smart doesn't say that because all this guy's got. Problems. That is true, man. You got to go through <laughs> them team like a top with the bottom. home, man, yeah.
0: You, you know, Robert, Jim, you have been in draft rooms, and and Robert, you know, you covered draft. Me and Jack have covered yeah. the draft. One thing I can't understand is you say, well, he took they took him maybe a little too early. If that's the guy you want. What yeah. does it matter? Why go get him? Right? I mean, I don't understand. I don't understand the value of a pick. What do you mean? The This isn't fantasy football. If you yeah. need, a, if you need a guy, go get him. So I, I never understood that. If if that's what you want, you go get him. And and the heck what do all the other experts say? I I,
5: I never got that. Right. They took the linebacker too, but uh, apparently the linebacker out of Iowa with Detroit was a really good player.
1: Really good, and yeah. he's really smart. Yeah. He's really super smart. He'll play for years just off of intelligence.
5: Yeah. Is- I think they'll probably win the uh win the North next year. They're they definitely favored. Mm-hmm. This is a little
0: interesting, Robert. I don't know if you you covered that. Yeah. Uh Jason Gonzalez kind of he, he's talking Preak. about the, the preakness and all this stuff.
5: Bafford's horse. Yeah, he's wow. a horse
2: racing guy. Yeah. I mean,
1: uh, yes, yes, I know. who
5: Bob Bafford is. Yeah.
1: There's been quite a few horses that have passed away, and they're quite questioning what's going on. So,
0: oh, I Baffert,
5: mean, okay, he was suspended from Kentucky Derby for yes. two years. Yeah,
0: and and I f- I forget uh, who took the who took the race. It was the the uh, treasure took the race, right? If I'm not mistaken, uh, that was supposed to win the Kentucky Derby. Yeah. Am I right? Okay, all right.
5: So. Yeah, well, it wasn't it wasn't the guy. It wasn't the horse that won the Kentucky Derby. This no. horse was like two fifty to one. It, it oh, would have okay. paid a ton. Yeah, national treasure one. Thank national, you. National, yeah, yeah, there. There yeah. Mains, I think one. Yeah, Mange, Yeah.
2: Terrible conditions for the freakness. Raining, you know, muddy. Yeah. Oh wow.
5: So, Robert, what else
2: you got for us, buddy? I know you got a few more. Minutes uh,
5: here. Let's see. I have to go through my week of stories here, man. Oh. Um, <laughs> No, I, I was just, you know, talking about the the, the finals and stuff. I, I thought the Lakers um I thought this what would happen in game three to the Lakers. I thought that would happen in game six. Where if you if you guys ever mow the yard and you got to push more, you got gas and you hit the primer button and you pull back and it's <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time when you hit the primer button, it comes on, right? But it did come on, so the, the Lakers needed that spark plug, Jim.
4: Yeah, and you're right.
1: Everybody said when they get back to LA that they yeah. were gonna get hey, they were gonna get corrected.
5: They did it was that lawnmower wouldn't start. And nobody, nobody gave it in. I didn't either. The Nuggets cracked. I thought the Lakers went big in, in game three. Yeah. I thought they'd shoot the lights out, but the
1: Nuggets have length. Yeah,
5: they got length. They have a lot of tall guys
1: that can
2: play. I mean, I don't know what's inside the players' heads on the Lakers, but they can't be believing they're going to come back and win four straight because the Nuggets are a really good team. How important is it to them not to get swept? Are they going to play to the max with their incentive not to get swept or what?
5: I, I think I think they will. I, I can see uh, – remember Minnesota beat them. I, I thought they were going to sweep Minnesota. I thought they were, could possibly – uh, sweep a banged up uh, Suns team, and Suns got two uh wins there. So, Ro Hachimura, uh, finally got that last name right. Uh, he's gonna have to play well. Hillbilly, Kobe, Austin Reeves gonna have to, they're gonna have to play really well, man. Davis I'm can't sure. give you two in a row, in LeBron, He he's out of gas, you know. I mean, he's only human. How important yeah. is it that Denver wraps this up and gets some rest before they
0: play Miami or boss?
5: Right, right, and and uh. I, that other series could go four. It could go seven games. You just never know. And you're right, man. Uh, if it's Miami, you know, Denver have home court. Can you imagine Miami to Denver? I mean, that's, who altitude oh, sickness.
0: That would be do know,
5: here's the thing I always say about that.
1: Uh, you look at other professional sports. Everybody says altitude, altitude. Well, Denver yeah. wasn't very good. The Colorado Rockies are struggling. and. Yeah. Obviously, the only one, the hockey team, was pretty good. But now, you're telling me it's altitude, it's talent. Don't fool yeah. yourself.
5: Because Oh, yeah, Joker, Joker's the best player left, I think, in the playoff. I, I mean, I don't he's... know about that,
2: Jim. Jim, when they had the Olympics in Mexico City in 1968, the altitude <laughs> played a major part. And at the mile, Jim Ryan was favored. He'd won 44 straight races. He always got the better, Kip Cano. Yet at high altitude Kenya won the gold, Ryan, the yeah. silver. I mean, I'm just giving a little his history with altitude.
1: Yeah, field. I played there many times, altitude.
2: It
5: didn't help us. Right. Yeah, that's number one and eleven last year now, and plus they're a really good team, you know. Joker's getting that's and what Jamal I'm Murray's finally healthy him he towards ACL. Yeah. So Jim did yeah.
0: Jim did coach there, so he would know, but Jack, yeah. that's a hell of a story. I mean, the
5: 1960s. man. You know,
2: right. high it, do, it does have an effect from what i I I, I, I think, think, running up and down the court. Jim didn't have to do that. Jim just had quick bursts of energy. He didn't have to run up and down the whole time. Yeah,
1: that's
5: LeBron yeah, that taking extra time to LeBron tie White, shoes.
1: The Nuggets should have never won
5: an NBA championship. They
1: should have win it every year.
5: Right, right. All right. Well, there yeah. You go. Well, if it's close, obviously in talent, the altitude gives you a little bit of an edge, just like a little pinch of an edge, you know. Just
2: that Murray has been out. That's one but of the reasons it's, why it's
5: they would Murray, Yes, the Murray's
2: healthy.
1: This is the first time he's been healthy in the what last three years. Yeah. How much,
2: but how much
0: would altitude hurt you inside though? I mean, I, I imagine outside it might hurt you, but if you're in a gym, would that hurt would that really hurt you? I don't know. I we'd have to get a scientist
1: on here. And like,
2: I they, thing,
1: they call them oxygen, and you can always take oxygen.
2: Yeah. yeah, I've Do seen that
5: different. in the in the Bronco games. Wait, wait, yeah.
2: wait. Remember, I hate to say we're talking basketball. I'll be a little more recent, even though it's old times. Hakeem Elijah won Houston against NC State. When the second half, you see them put the oxygen mask on Hakeem Olajuwon because of the altitude by Albuquerque. Yeah. You know, it did have an effect.
5: Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, my same thing is how many NBA championships has the
5: Nuggets won?
1: I've never seen them
5: go to the finals,
1: Jim. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So don't tell me – just tell me they're a talented team and they're playing
5: as well. There wasn't any altitude in L.A. this week. Well, I mean, Miami to Denver, though, Mm -hmm. that's a big – I mean, you know, first time I went to Denver, uh, Dad used to live there, Uh, I was feeling dizzy, man. You know, and I was like, man, I feel like I'm stoned or something. You know, it's just crazy.
1: <laughs> you get, you yeah. will get nosebleeds. I'm yeah,
5: sure, yeah. It, it, it Ryan Clark it couldn't is. play. He couldn't play in Denver. Remember that he had some kind of condition. Yeah, Ryan Clark. Yeah. yeah, so it's not he's... nothing, it's something. But I'm telling you, do that. Is I just it's think,
1: not, yeah, yeah. Excuse you know, excuses. Give the yeah. nuggets credit for how well no, definitely, definitely. It might affect yeah. somebody at
0: LeBron's age, though. Who knows? But um, it possibly could, yeah. It's possible.
1: Yeah. So
0: well, everybody, Robert Butler from Sports Scope, he's everywhere. Uh, check him out, just look under Sports Scope on any. I think any uh, platform, you'll find Robert there. Best-dressed man on our network anyway. Appreciate it, guys. Love him coming on. See you (laughs) again next week, Robert. Have a great Sunday, my friend. Have a good show, guys. (laughs) All right. So there you go, folks. Robert Butler joining us, as he always does, every uh, Sunday on This Week in Sports. Uh, We're going to go ahead and take a quick promo break. We'll be back after some of these great promos of the shows that we have on the network. We'll be right back.
6: He was a giant, and he was a cowboy. Now these two former rivals have joined forces to bring you the most insightful, perceptive, and controversial sports talk podcast in America. Former Dallas Cowboys defensive end Jim Jeffcoat locks horns with former New York Giants wide receiver Byron Williams. And now, here's Byron Williams and Jim Jeffcoat. If you like the sweet science, get ready to talk boxing on the Gloved Fist podcast with top boxing writers Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. Frank, a former amateur boxer out of Philadelphia, writes for NY Fights and can be seen on the Boxing Channel. Jack, an amateur boxer who competed in the New York Golden Gloves, was a six-term president of the Boxing Writers Association. And now, here's Frank Letirzo and Jack Hirsch. It just might be the greatest sports franchise in the history of sports. A place where legends are made, and there's always something to talk about. Get ready to immerse yourself in pinstripes. Start spreading the news, hosted by Paul Semendinger and E.J. Fagan. A couple of doctors with a prescription for Yankee fever. And now, here's Dr. Paul Semendinger and Dr. E.J. Fagan. Get ready to start spreading the news.
2: Right now, without LeBron, Lakers are are struggling. Let me tell you about
0: the team I hate. All right, I know the Dallas Cowboy fan is here, so I had to make sure he knew how much I hate. This oh, team. I'm ready. I've often said that the people who run baseball they try very hard to ruin it.
3: I'm from Brooklyn. I don't have a problem saying it to his face. Oh, from Brooklyn! Hey, isn't he?
0: This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to the Mac, Jack, and Jim. This week in sports, we'll bring Jack back up as soon as he gets back here. I think he's probably chasing around somebody uh, (laughs) in his house over there. So he should be right back uh, after after a couple anyways. Uh, So, Jim, we... I want to talk to you about a little bit of Dallas news since. Uh, yes. Since, I was Micah Parsons, um, end of the year, he, he 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 ends up, he's not going to be, uh, I guess he's eligible to sign a contract. They're talking about uh, signing an extension for him right now. Do you think that's a good idea uh, to get them all signed up? You still got some other people out there. You got Dak out there that still needs to be signed. And, and CD absolutely. Lang. Yeah, see, right, exactly. What do you think? Do you think they should
1: get that deal going now or, or wait? Your time. Well, I think they wait. I think you get uh Prescott and Lamb taken care of right now and then get him next year because you'll see financially where you're at under the cap and get him. Um, you know, he's been working, he wants to rush. He the reason that he wants to be classified as a uh, defensive end is because he'll make more money as opposed to being a linebacker. So that's really really the reason. Yeah,
0: I, I I mean, a lot of people say he's the best defensive player in the league, Jim. I, I don't know if I go that far. I, I can't go that far. Yeah. I, I mean, I think he's
1: one of, the, he's got to be in the top ten anyway, maybe. Yeah, it's no question he's top ten. But there's some really good defensive players in the league. Uh, obviously, the Boza brothers are pretty good. Uh, he might be in the top five or six in the league. Yeah. But I don't know if he's the best player. That's hard. That's a, a statement that you can't make. Um, you know, Thibodeau would be better than. He's uh, a heck of a player. I just do that. Jack. I know you do. I know you do.
0: You know, I. I mean, it's hard. You know, to me, it's hard to say. I mean, we just say Jim Brown is yeah. the greatest football player of all time. That's so hard to say. I mean, you got It is. Positions. It really is. You know,
1: you got different positions. And speaking different of that, positions. did you hear what Ursay said? When he named the top five players, he said that the top five players to ever play it was Jim Brown. Listen to this: Tom Brady, John Elway, and uh, he named two more. Oh, Barry Sanders, and he named one more, but he didn't put uh, Peyton Manning in there as the top five players to ever play in the NFL. His own
2: guy. His own guy. That doesn't go that doesn't go over well but you know Tony Dungy who coached Peyton Manning all those years did put Tom Brady ahead of Peyton Manning but you know he was diplomatic he said look he's had a more successful career if yeah. you're going to base it on that then you can justify it
1: Yeah and Ursay also said that the reason he picked Elway is is that and he did have a point that Elway did not have the offensive personnel that uh
4: Peyton
0: Manning had, yeah. So. I mean, is is way better? I mean, top five LT should be in there somewhere, I would think, right? Yeah, I think Lawrence Taylor should be up in there in the top five yeah. somewhere. Uh, yeah. of course, you're gonna go heavy with the quarterbacks. I think his yeah. role was more significant than Peyton Manning's was, uh, with the Colts. I think, I mean, he changed how the left tackle played football. I mean, they got left tackles were bred because of what Lawrence Taylor did during his time yeah, there. I would
1: agree. I would agree. And they changed blocking schemes. Taylor right. obviously changed blocking schemes where they used to block the outside linebackers with backs. Now they had to block them with tackles because Lawrence Taylor was too dominant.
0: I was reading I was I was reading something interesting and 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 what coaches said about Taylor at the time. And they said, you know, the 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 modern day left tackle it's based off what Lawrence Taylor was. He had to be big. He had to be strong. He had to be quick. He couldn't just, you know, he, he couldn't be small. And he sure had to be a lot quicker because Taylor would blow right around him. So the yeah. modern day left tackle has a lot to do with Lawrence Taylor. which is
1: pretty interesting. And here was the uh, top five he said, which is interesting because you just made, brought up a good point, was Jim Brown, number one. Number two was Tom Brady. Number three was John Elway. Number four was Deacon Jones. And number five was Reggie White. Interesting. That was interesting, but you can't argue against any of those players. I mean, Deacon Jones was – I mean, yeah. he created the uh, yeah. sacks, and Reggie White was phenomenal. Oh, no doubt. No
0: doubt. I, I i don't know about John Elway. I mean, I don't know if John Elway's is better Elway
1: than – I played against him since a freshman in college. He was a unique player. Trust me. he was. Is he better than Montana? Is he better than Montana or Unitas? I don't know. I mean –
0: it's, it's so hard. I mean, to me, you've got to be significant, Jim. If you're going to say you're the greatest, they changed defenses to stop Jim Brown. They changed offenses to stop Lawrence Taylor. Did they change defenses to stop Peyton Manning or John Elway?
1: I, I don't know. What about Tom Brady? Did they change their defenses? That's the question you have to ask. That's, that's a good question. I don't you know. I mean, so it's hard to say that. But who were they surrounded by? Brady didn't have great receivers. When he was, uh, what was the best receiver he had when he was one of those championships? Maybe,
0: I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe, uh, Moss, I guess you would say. Well, they yeah. didn't win
2: a champion, they didn't win a championship with Moss, so.
0: not the Super Bowl, but they did win the championship,
2: not the Super Bowl. Yeah, but, I mean, you talk about guys like Wes Welker, I mean, it's, yeah, it's yeah that's what I'm
0: saying. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs>
2: you, could,
0: you could put Brady in there, you could put Brady in there. You I know, it's
2: tell. all about criteria. If you talk about longevity. Brady's number one because he did it at an age where the other guys couldn't. He was winning a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when other guys would have been long retired. I mean, Peyton Manning and Brady were the equivalent of Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. People forget Mantle and Mays were neck and neck until Mantle hit a wall late in his career. and Mays continued on. So now no one puts Mickey Mantle ahead of Willie Mays. Before, it was a 50-50 split. Same way with Manning and Brady. It was 50-50 until Manning hit that wall. And he hit—he actually hit the wall the year they won the Super Bowl. But then he retired. Brady continued on, did great things. And and you just look at the numbers. Say, Ten Super Bowls he's went to. that That's filthy. That's ridiculous. That's I, ridiculous. I don't know if that-
4: that is hard. I,
2: do you think that's ever going to be broken? Oh, that I ten Super Bowls as a quarterback right. in the nature of parity. I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. I, I don't think. I, don't think no, I mean, either. I mean, you're you're talking about in a certain period too. You know what I mean? It's not like you're. A lot of them Super Bowls are within a certain period. I mean, that that's that's very good. Kansas City. If Mahomes stays with
1: them for a while, maybe. The question is, is how long, how much longer do you think Andy Reid, a coach? That's the question you got to ask. That's that's the question. My favorite quarterback of all time is always going to be Johnny Unitas. I love Johnny Unitas. He might not have been the greatest, but there was something about him. When he walked on that field. He was the
2: greatest of his time before the other guys came along. And history forgets Unitas. Notice, talk about the greatest quarterbacks of all time. We forget Unitas because he was from a different era. That's that's the only reason he's not being mentioned. Well, there's another player
0: that's changed, changed football. I mean, he's really the first one that did the two-minute warning. I mean, the two-minute drive. I he mean, did, all, yeah. you know, he would drive the field, you know, pass yep. the ball down the field. Another thing about Dallas, um, Michael Gallup ready to bounce back, they say, Jim. I hate Michael Gallup with a passion. Why do you hate Michael Gallup? Because he kills the the Giants all the time.
1: I hate (laughs) (laughs) That's why. (laughs) But no, but Michael Gallup, if he's healthy, think about this. They're saying that uh, Brandon Cooks or Brendan Cooks is going to be the number two receiver. And then obviously CeeDee Lamb is number one. If you have Gallup as your number three receiver, you have a good receiving core if he's healthy. Yeah. If he's healthy, and it usually takes you, they say, two years to uh, recover from those ACL surgeries, or the knee surgery. Hopefully he is because he's going to be dangerous. My biggest concern still, and I know Jack likes Ronald Jones. Yeah. Powell recover, um, Pollard recovering from the broken uh, leg. I think it was his fibula. And um, that's my biggest concern, the running game, because they're supposedly going to run the ball more and try to take advantage of their defense.
2: My biggest concern about the Cowboys is going to be stubbornness like they did at their running back position. They stuck with Ezekiel Elliott over Pollard for too long, just too long. They were scared to make the switch over. And at the wide receiver position, they're going to start with C.D. Lamb and Brandon Cooks is just the better guy, I feel, you know. And the Cooks
1: will be on there. They're going to be the star. But,
2: but C.D. Lamb, if they're going to make him the man, I mean, he's not a star receiver like one of the elite receivers. In the league. The he's not a Devontae yeah. Adams type. He's not a Tyree Hill type. Here's, a, here's type. a shocker.
1: They're talking about if the Raiders might trade Devontae Adams. Can you believe that? Well, That's be- a shocker. That's a lot of money too. I don't know. I mean, that. if they, yeah, but I here's the thing: if they trade him after June first, the Raiders only get stuck with seven point eight million dollars, and the other team, wherever they trade them, and they're talking about the Giants and the Bills possibly mm-hmm. take them. Where I can't see the Bills as much because they got digs, but the Giants, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I wouldn't mind not. I wouldn't mind having them. No.
0: No, they would uh, want
2: a number one pick for next year. I mean, I would, I would be apprehensive. A number two pick or something. I get the feeling that team that gets Devontae Adams if they do trade them, a, a a team that's already stacked. Like a, a Miami Dolphin team with Hill and Waddle, and you add Devonte Adams on there, no you have the most devastating wide receiver core, maybe in NFL history. You know, arguably, if that were the case.
0: So we got some Jets news, and this is uh, this is just great for me. Um, the head coach publicly says about Rodgers, he's already complaining. Joe Douglas is impressed with having that veteran quarterback. Now, how fast he's demanded that the whole coaching staff be fired. So, they've got Aaron Rodgers over there, Jack, right now. I don't know if a lot of this is tongue-in-cheek or not. Aaron We're Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers has already he's demanded shoving. the whole coaching staff
1: be fired. He on, didn't a, a demand that he's fired. I mean, um, what did uh, – they used to be the coach um, for Denver – Hackett. The offense, except for hacking, because he was with them in Green Bay. Right, right, right. So, but,
0: but the the owner was saying, "This is the type of they." He, he I like I said, tongue in cheek. This is the type of cancer they want on the team because the young yeah. kids are all into him. They're asking him questions. He's all over the defense. He's all over the all over the the, the wide receivers. He's giving them all hell, which is. Something that maybe they need over there, they need that. I man. will
2: say this if you look at Aaron Rodgers' coaches throughout his NFL career, he hasn't had a dominating personality. If you had it like, let's say, a Sean Payton was his head coach, Rodgers wouldn't be pushing the coach around too much, wouldn't be telling the coach off, saying what he wanted. And I don't mean he Rodgers means in a negative way, we've seen Rodgers come back to the sidelines, and to the head coach. Like, he would be the one that was be angry. He wouldn't do that with a Bill Parcells, a Bill Belichick. You know, the stronger personalities would push back, you know, with Rodgers. And he would know he can only get away with so much in that regard. My fears with Robert Salah. He feels he's kind of, in a way, along for the ride. I better make Aaron happy. That's all they're thinking of, accommodating Aaron Rodgers. And there could be some bumps on the road during, you know, a game this year. Mark my words, Rodgers comes back to the sideline, and he's going to tell Salah off at one point, I don't like these bleeping plays. You get this and that put in.
1: Rodgers has got who he wanted. He wanted Hackett. They signed Hackett. Hackett is the one who's going to be dealing with him. But but, but but there is rumors, Jack. There is rumors that uh Robert Rogers walked across the river to New Jersey. He didn't he didn't fall, he didn't drown, he walked it.
0: <laughs> you know, I, I think I think Jack does have a, a valid point there.
4: Yes, uh, he does.
0: Rogers is a very strong personality. Can Salah
2: handle that? Right but it's ball, not going to yeah. be Salah. Right? Okay, Salah. Bottom line, it's on him. He comes back to the sideline. So, okay, I don't know how big an ego Salah has. I know if I'm the head coach, I'm not going to want to be detached from everything going on. Hackett, I wouldn't want to see Hackett and Rodgers have a relationship. where I'm not even sure what plays. where they're drawing up all the plays, and I'm out of the loop. If you're the head coach, you got to be in the loop. North you Turner know,
1: and uh, Troy Aikman had that relationship.
2: Who did? Jimmy Johnson didn't mess with him. Uh, but Jimmy Johnson, I'm sure, was in the loop. He knew everything that was going on. It met with his approval. They checked in with him. They gave him that respect.
1: Yeah, but Norb Turner was running that offense.
2: But I'm sure North Turner and Troy, yeah, I'm sure, uh, Troy uh, and Jimmy Wait, wait, wait. Troy Aikman and Jimmy Johnson are very close to the same. Troy Aikman presented to Jimmy Johnson as Hall of Fame honor. So they had to have been very close all along for that to be the case. Well, here's the
1: thing. They uh if you remember back in the um nineties, what did the Cowboys do? They drafted Steve Walsh because they didn't they didn't uh, think that Troy Aikman was going to be as good as he turned out to be. There was a reasoning behind that. Now, Troy Aikman, when Norb Turner came, he went to a different level because he was in a better scheme. But they didn't have as much faith as you thought in Troy. No, not at the
2: time, no. Yeah,
1: and that's what I'm saying. No, but I think uh, when you talk about Aaron Rodgers, I think he has to make a statement. He has to make a statement because in New York, they're not going to give him a lot of time. If he's not very good, they're going to be beating him down. You That's New York. You,
4: know,
2: you think yes. so? Yes, know.
1: that media is ruthless. Uh, maybe I don't know. I don't and know. You
2: I know think, that
1: from I, you know.
2: I, I, th- I, I think, th- think the national media. I don't think it's the local media anymore because the newspapers aren't as important as they used to be. I think it's national all over. They'll beat Aaron Rodgers down on, on all the other states. It's not just New York. Well, I, I think,
1: think New York is a mecca for news. And even if you say it, everybody says, if you can make it New York, you can make it anywhere. And it's true. Think about that. Well, I,
0: I don't think it's as big as it used to be, Jim, because it's more uh, NFL, you know, I I don't want to say maybe the NFL has gone from back when they had the newspapers is more regional than it, than it is more national today. I mean, I I think New York still has a lot of pull, no doubt. I think New York Mm -hmm. still still, still is a big place to play. If you make it there, as you said, uh, you know, you pretty much can go anywhere and and play, but I I don't think it's as big as it used to be. Right. Jack, I don't think New York is as big as it used to be.
2: No, no, I don't think, I think it's national. Like, like we were saying a player can play anywhere, and he doesn't need Madison Avenue, the endorsements. He's going He's going to get it no matter what. I think the biggest danger with Aaron Rodgers is this. Is he past this prime? Was last year an aberration? Was it because he had all these new receivers and he had to transition? Or is he the player that won back-to-back MVP awards the two years before that? Uh, what, what Aaron Rodgers are we going to get? If he's really an old Aaron Rodgers who's really slipped, that would be the biggest danger.
0: But I would agree with Jim that it's maybe the most pressure place to play. Yes, that's what I'm – Because I, I think that's true. I think New York would be a lot of pressure. You have to win in New York if you're in New York. And, they'll, you know, I think I think Jack a little <laughs> bit. Yeah.
6: I,
2: I think Aaron, the problem Aaron Rodgers too, he has thin skin. So if they're not doing that well, Aaron Rodgers handling the media and everything and responding.
0: It'll be interesting. This is so gonna be Noah, here.
2: he's a I, great think going to be, I think there's gonna be a lot. Now, be
0: I think there's gonna be a lot of storylines in just the Jets playing a winning, too. I think that's gonna be a lot of storylines coming out of there with Aaron Rodgers and that.
2: And I if the Jets fun. don't perform, you know, let's say they get off to a three and five start. I mean, who's going to be the casualty? Let's face it. If the owner, you know, uh, Woody Johnson's going to make a move, it's probably the head coach. Yeah. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, they're committed to beyond this season. It's
1: No question. It's yeah. the
2: at least years. Well, they're trying to renegotiate his contract, right? Yeah.
1: He is um, guaranteed what fifty one million like next year or something like that. Well,
0: all yeah. together, I think it's like a hundred
1: million that he has.
0: Yeah, I think
1: you've said and that. That's why they're trying to divide it over two years to make it. Let months. me. I had a question for you guys since we are um, on this. Is Alex Smith, and we all know Alex Smith had that ter- uh, horrific injury. He's on television now, and he says this: that a defensive coach cannot. Um, basically, create a a big time quarterback. And he said that. Uh, I disagree with that. I disagree with it that he can't teach a big time quarterback. I I don't know what, what he means by that. I mean, he's saying I mean, that you have to have an offensive coach. And with Belichick and Brady. Brady. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I don't know what Alex Smith is
2: talking about. No, what Manning and. Tony Dungy. Yeah, Tony Dungy, yeah.
1: Sims and Carcells. Thinking. I mean, you can go yeah, on. I, I, I hear you guys, but I thought that came out of left field.
2: Wasn't Don Shuler a defensive player when he played? Yeah, he was.
0: He was. I think he was offense. I think it was Offensive. offense. I thought he was a
1: DB or
0: something. He could have been a player. I know, yeah. he, I know he coached offense with the Colts.
4: Yeah, I know he yeah.
0: Chuck
1: Noll or Terry Bratch, I mean, you can go out. No, on. no, I agree with you. I don't know where he was coming. He got out of left field with that one. Yeah. He said basically you can't develop. He said defensive uh, head coaches can't develop quarterbacks. And
2: I thought that was kind of unusual. You know, I, maybe I'm being naive, but if a quarterback, a young quarterback, badly wants to learn, badly, okay, even if he, doesn't have a coach to help him. He could learn and pick things up. Keeps studying the playbook. Ask other players things. Picks picks up tendencies. You could you le- could learn on your own. I need mean, coaches I, help. I, I help need it take you, I but too. you I can learn I, on your own if I you really you want to badly Jack. enough. This is a, this is a, this is this is like college over the
0: internet, Jack. Yeah, yeah you need a coach to coach you. You can't. You can't just go out. No, there. I understand
1: what Jack's saying. I do too. What I agree is. with you is that I think you need the right coach. You know, that's why um, the Jets went out and got Hackett, because they knew that he could help Brady, because he I'm not Brady Rogers. excuse but no, me. No, they
2: got him because they wanted to make the Jets a more appealing destination for Rogers to come to
0: well, look at look at the Jets uh, Giants quarterback with Cafe. Am I saying it right? Kofek, though? that was with the uh 49ers, the quarterback coach that came over, and became the offensive coordinator. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get his name right. You know, they brought him over and and, and you know, they talk about Brian Dubal. I mean, talk about this kid working with him, this coach working with uh with Daniel Jones last year. He improved unbelievably. So I, I think I think it has a lot to do with the coaches. In fact, Jim. What I heard was that they're gonna try and put the 49er offense into the Giants offense this year.
1: Interesting. So they're gonna
0: run the ball probably more. I I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I think they're sure. gonna they're gonna they're gonna
1: spread
4: the Canada ball around.
1: Yeah. yeah, and if you notice they ran the ball quite a bit, but yeah, here's the thing, and you say that, but do you think if you have head coaches, well, not head coaches, but your coaches starting to lead for head jobs and Offensive coordinators, do you think that disrupts your team?
2: I know if I'm a player and the coach has accepted a job elsewhere, I don't like the perception. We don't know about relationships. If you're extra close to that coach and know his character and you know he's 100% behind you, great. But if you have any doubts at all and he's still on your staff and he has one foot out the door – like what happened with the Eagles this year. That's my point. Gannon on the way out, and they played a lousy game defensively. The wonder was Gannon just a little distracted. Instead of being 100% focused on the Super Bowl, when he's up at night, is he thinking, you know, what's he going to be doing with Arizona?
1: Yeah, and that's my point is we talk, and I, I think the Eagles have the most talented roster probably in the NFL but the problem is is just what mac said about coaches they got all those new coaches they elevated some coaches but what about the culture because now bill parcells was famous for saying that i gotta coach coaches i gotta teach them my culture can the head coach of the eagles teach them that quick the culture because nobody knows what's gonna happen until the bullets start flying right yeah, I agree with
2: that. Well, I, agree. I think a head coach should be allowed to kick his own assistance, but too then, often, yeah. he's given his assistance. And I think in part the GMs like to have someone in that room who's going to report back to them. Yeah. Certain of the inside stuff, you know, a certain yeah. loyalty. I think the coaches big, won't let that happen. They'll have it in their contract.
1: They'll have what in their contract? That you got to – I have authority
2: over the coaches. Yeah, but sir, but but a lot of head coaches are a bit nervous what the GMs might do because the GMs now have the power. There's certain head coaches who are in a very strong position. A GM couldn't get them fired even if he wanted to. But for the most part, yeah, GMs could persuade the owners to make a, a move.
1: Uh, I, I disagree because Parcells used to say, hey, if you want me to make the meal, you have to let me buy the groceries.
2: But no. they didn't let him buy the groceries, and good thing they did. That didn't was, was yeah. grocery. That was early in his career, but as his
1: good. career uh, progressed, he did. Buy he,
2: it. he got big enough. He got uh, to a certain status where he knew he could leave and get another job very easily. Mm-hmm. So when you know you could get another job elsewhere, you have that certain power where you could talk back, where they have to defer to you. You know, it's like Bill Belichick in New England, he carried a certain clout that eventually Robert Kraft had to move on from Tom Brady, who reportedly is like a son to him, because it had gotten to that point, either Belichick or Brady. And Brady they felt was at the end of his career. And Belichick had this clout where they couldn't push the issue again earlier on. Reportedly, it was Robert Kraft who insisted they move on from Jimmy Garoppolo and trade him. Belichick reportedly never wanted to trade Jimmy Garoppolo, but he did it at the time because Brady still was in his prime, reportedly, or close to it, so that the power base of Kraft and Brady was stronger than Belichick. I
0: don't know. I I I, I that's I, I don't know. I don't know what the power struggle was back then or where it was with with Belichick and Brady and, and 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 the owner there. all I all I know guys is that when a team is really good, when that team is really good, you have a real good coach, a real good head coach, great offensive coordinators, and great position coaches. And yes. that's that we don't talk about that's my
4: enough.
1: Point. Yeah. We don't talk about that enough. You know, I yeah, mean, that's that's what I'm saying. As good as the Eagles town is, there's still a lot of transition in that coaching staff. And did you bring in Matt Patricia had issues with the DB when he was at Detroit? I mean, that DB is telling the other players, hey, man, do not trust that guy. That guy is not a good guy. And then there's other guys that have never coached in the NFL and you're going to say well the, that's the head coach's job to get them going the right direction but the head coach is not in every meeting and that's what i'm trying to tell you they have to what you have to do as a head coach is you got to get your first you got to get your staff in the right direction it's not always x's and o's like you said it's personality it's person
2: dealing with different personalities especially in the nfl yeah. Okay, like like what I said before, if the Jets get off to a three and five start and the offense is sputtering and someone is going to get fired at midseason, it's not going to be Nathaniel Hackett, the offensive coordinator. It's going to be Robert Salah, even though supposedly Hackett's gonna have a lot more to do with the offense and how it it had been running.
1: Exactly. And I agree with you. I agree with you. It's the same with the Cowboys. They're always talking about Dan Quinn, but Dan Quinn is less likely to get fired than
2: Mike McCarthy. Well, Mike McCarthy after back-to-back 12 and five seasons, he, he had a little no, no, he but doesn't. he had a little bit of clout to tell the Joneses, "Look, let me run the offense. You know, I have to do it my way." And finally, the Joneses are putting him in a put up a shut up position, yeah, which no is no. all fair. You know,
0: speaking of the Cowboys, and this is Northeast Streaming Sports, so we don't like to speak about them too much. Because Jim, <laughs> Jim is here, so we talk about them a lot. Jim was telling us a story about Landry and and, and, and yes. uh, the owner, um, you know, when, when Jerry Jones took over. Let's talk about that a little bit so the, so the people – because to me it's very interesting uh, when you have a legend like Tom Landry, uh, you know, losing his position – Uh, and Jerry Jones coming in. And it was quite a firestorm about that, if I remember. Yes, there was,
1: because people didn't understand it. Jerry went down to – Coach Landry had a place in Austin. He had a home in Austin and went down personally and told him, this is how it happened. He said, Coach Landry, I just purchased, obviously, the Dallas Cowboys from Bum Bright. And he said, I'd like Jimmy Johnson to be my head coach. He said, you can have any other position – in the organization but head coach so coach landry said basically that um uh, i'm only a head coach i don't do other positions he said coach landry you can be president of the uh dallas cowboys and coach landry said i'm only going to be head coach if i'm not head coach i don't want anything to do with it and um basically jerry gave him a million dollars regardless if he accepted the position or he didn't accept the position. And he said that I have to pick the guy that I trust, which was Jimmy Johnson. Mm-hmm. And you did not do it, but the perception is always that Jimmy didn't give Tom Landry respect. And he once said, how can I not give Tom Landry respect? I mean, he was over, he was the head coach for over 25 years. I mean, he took them, he built Dallas Cowboys. No, and in sense. this in this atmosphere in this day and time, Tom Landry would have never been head coach for that long because he didn't have a winning
2: record for quite a while.
0: For a few years when he started, yeah.
1: But...
2: You know, in his last year, I mean Coach Landry, I believe, coached 29 years, the head coach, yeah. or something like that. He was three and eleven. Yeah, in I was past- there. <laughs> oh, you were there. I forgot. I'm sorry, I forgot a moment. Yeah, yeah. See so you right. But at that point, when you go three and eleven, and the prospects don't look that good going forward, at that time before the Herschel Walker deal was made, you're not in a position of power anymore, regardless That's of your past, so cool. I and and Coach Landry's own way of thinking. He was still the coach Landry, who would be doing all that winning. Still a legendary coach in his own mind. So he was that's pushing right. back. You're Sometimes exactly you Can't right. push back. You yeah. can't do it, especially. When that's what South we're East. saying is
1: that we're all in agreement on that. If you're not successful, you don't have as much power as you think you do because nobody's going to remember what you did two or three. It's happening in the NBA now. We've had coaches of the year got fired this year. Yeah, that's, that's, that's ridiculous. And I've been nurse. These guys have won championships.
0: They, they, you know, Jim, I think I think everybody, especially in the NFL, because NFL, I I mean, it's draining. I I know more about football and baseball and and basketball, so I, I I feel I'm I'm a lot more better talking about this. But the game ends up passing you by, and and it does every great coach. I mean, it did with Parcells. It, it's, it's happening with Belichick. It did with Shula, Chuck Knoll. I mean, there's only so much. I think you get tired of it. I was, I I was, I was watching this. It was really interesting when, when Parcells went down to Miami, right? He was GM. He didn't coach down there at the time. He was a GM. And they were doing a walkthrough. And he was just, are you kidding me? This is what we do now. We stand around. We walk around. We look at the turf and we talk. I mean, the game totally changed. And I think, I think the game changes on people. You know, cast off to Belichick. He's been there for a long time, uh, as Landry did. But eventually, you know, unless unless Belichick has an unbelievable coaching staff underneath him for the next few years, he's going to be getting out
1: soon too because the game's going to pass him by. just I agree with you 100% by. because of the technology. And that's the scary part because could you imagine now – Players don't even go to meetings. They look at everything on that iPad and everything is explained. That's how they study. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. They never go to the, the meetings like we used to do, spend time explaining. The personal contract is gone and that scares me. And I mean, you see things. I've been to the Cowboys practice and I'm like, they have a guy sit there with a computer and measure everything but you can't measure human emotions. Yeah. I think, that's, yeah, I mean, we become more robots. We complain about it every week is that, that the game is changing and it's not as fun, you know. It's just like with the players. How many players are going to play for the same team for an extended yeah. period of time? Yeah. Those yes. things. And I,
2: some of it's good, some of it's bad. Yeah. Well, I'm one of the, yeah, like you mentioned the point about players not playing for the same team. Uh, And getting back to Jimmy Johnson, he was on the NFL today years ago with Ken Norton Jr. And Jimmy Johnson was talking about the cap, you know, moving all the players. And Ken Norton Jr. was really hurt by something. You could tell he said, But coach, you said you loved us all. And he said, Jimmy Johnson said, there's no loyalty with the cap anymore. If we could fit you in under the cap, we'll love you even more. And you tell Ken, Norton, Ken Norton was really hurt by that. because, uh, But Jimmy Johnson was being a realist under the cap. They got to move on from some guys. And I don't know how fun. It happened to oh. me. But I understand why it happened. You know, you, you got to
1: go with younger guys because of cap issues. Bruce Smith, who was one of the greatest players yeah. To ever play for Buffalo, it happened to him. It happens to all
2: of us. I'm
1: sure. I mean, it's just a part of it. it I'm going to tell it. you,
2: I never played the game on that level. But if I was ever able to get to that level, and I'm a young NFL player, I might be thinking to myself, my loyalty is to myself. Eventually, no matter That's how great I am, the, the team problems. is going to move on for me. I want to win. Don't get me wrong but my contract and security comes before winning. It sounds cold, but... but Yeah, but you're You're exactly
1: right, because we grew up in an era where uh, Mac talks about Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor was a giant for his career. You know, when I got there, Ed Tuttle Jones, he never played for another team. Randy White, he never played for another team. But when the salary cap came, That all went out the window. It became a more selfish game because you don't ever know if if you're the next guy. When you get a little long in the tooth, it doesn't mean you're going to be with that.
2: This is what I can't understand. If another team, a good team, let's say like the Buffalo Bills was willing to pick you up and that was a quality team. Yes. Why couldn't the Cowboys make it work? That's what I don't get.
1: They had young players and they were looking at the financial things, man. They will hey when I retired, where did I go back to? I went back to them the coach as soon as I retired, but financially it didn't make sense. And I understand that. Financially it doesn't make sense. And that's the you thing. Happens with every team. I, I think I think it may be a
0: little bit you you do look out after yourself more than maybe they did. Of course, you know, some of the older players, yes. you know, John Otto or whatever, they went through hell and back just to play football. Yes. And that's, you, Mike level. Yeah, but you know, I I I think you still with football, you still have that team aspect. That if you don't have the players around you mentoring you, if you don't have the coaches around me mentoring you, you're not going to be that good. I mean, yeah, have, have some talent,
1: So that's 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 a little different. But the just like you said, there's the game has changed, and you have to change with the game. There's some people who can, and then some people who can't. Belichick, it seemed, has changed with the game. It's just that his personnel has changed too. And they missed. I was uh, reading the article is that the last player in the 2019 draft uh, got cut from the uh, New England Patriots. They had an awful 2019. What had happened with the Cowboys is is that between me at 83 and Michael Irvin in 88, there was not a consistent first rounder that played on a consistent basis that's a long time yeah that's a long time
0: jack you got some boxing news for us with haney and lomachenko. let's get to that
2: yeah last night devin haney against vasily lomachenko devin haney wins a unanimous decision a lot harder fight a lot closer fight than people thought generally it would be uh A lot of people think Lomachenko won the fight. I mean, opinions are all over the place, all over the place from Lomachenko, from Haney legitimately deserving the fight to Lomachenko being robbed. And a lot of people give opinions based on impressions, not really scoring fights. And who's to say, you know, uh, uh, Lomachenko started slowly, really came on the last six rounds. And, And being an older fighter, the way Lomachenko is, you kind of wonder how much Lomachenko really still has left. Obviously, he shows he had a lot left against Haney, but was this the Lomachenko of Olden? Was Haney a little overrated by perhaps yours truly? When I, mean, I thought he'd be a generational talent, meaning along the lines of Oscar De La Hoya, Panel Whitaker, I saw him trending towards that. Maybe not so much. Maybe, you know, I got to revise that opinion now, even though Haney got the decision. But keep this in mind, Lomachenko is also a sentimental favorite. And when a guy's a sentimental favorite, people want him to win. They want him to do well. And they're kind of blinded by his performance, you know, in the sense that they're willing to give him a little more credit than maybe he deserves. But... uh but in any event, Lomachenko exceeded expectations. Haney got the decision. The jury is still out on how great Haney could be because we're not saying ooh and now ah, oh, how great Haney looked. Haney didn't create the buzz. And this was his showcase fight to create the buzz. And he didn't do it. Bottom line, he didn't do it, but he did get the decision. Kind of like a rocky one with the trainer sent to yeah. Carlo after you know, Apollo Creed says, do you think I won the fight? And he says, you got the decision, so we could move on. We're still on top. And he says, well, I got the decision, but you don't think I won the fight. That's kind of a little bit the attitude with this fight. Uh, and, but it was a really good, good fight. Really and he did. had an
1: altercation with him before the fight, right?
2: Yeah, Back. that's Bush League. Why do they have the fighters go head-to-head in the stand down before the fight? you inviting trouble. So what Haney did, he gave Lomachenko a hard shove and then took off. Uh-huh. It was Bush. It was it, it Bush League stuff. I mean, can you imagine athletes in another press conference beforehand? You know, two football players, they meet, and one just shoves the other hard and then takes off. I mean, well, he might get suspended from the darn game if he did. Well, it kind of happening in the Celtics
1: uh, heat game. With Grant, uh, Williams and uh, Butler, because they were nose to nose, if you remember, they both got texts
2: Yeah, but what, why wake up another great athlete? That's I mean, Haydn pushing point. Lomachenko. What was he trying to prove? He wanted to prove to Lomachenko how strong he was. Yes. Lomachenko said, "After now he's mine." I could see how nervous he was because he put, yes. you know, he. Yeah, I don't think, you know, when you have world-class athletes, they're usually very mentally strong. That's why they got to the place they're at. So I don't think Lomachenko was phased by Haney pushing him. And Haney maybe was trying to convince himself that he proved anything. I'm the biggest, stronger guy. I wanted him to have a taste of it. And during the fight, Haney did try to impose his size, his physicality on Lomachenko, but Lomachenko was the one that came on in the second half of the fight you know and like i said the scoring was all over the place all well, over
0: the place. well you're 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 the other expert we have on glove fits with jack hersey what does thinks that lomachenko won the fight
2: yeah it. yeah and, and uh but. again you know you, saw some, you, you see some people were knowledgeable people and they scored the fight like this. One guy, one, one of our viewers is very knowledgeable. Six rounds for Lomachenko, four for Haney, two even. And he labeled the decision as a robbery. But wait a second. If you scored six rounds to form two even, that means those two even rounds could have gone either way. They're coin flip rounds. So if you give the two rounds to Haney, it makes it six rounds apiece. How's it a robbery? I sometimes don't understand, you know, the logic to all that. But uh, as far as Haney being the house fight in Vegas, I don't go for that because Lomachenko was the sentimental favorite going into the fight. Haney was the big star, you know, on the upswing. Uh, So we'll see. You get the feeling coming up, your guy Errol Spence, Jim, Reportedly, mm-hmm. now it's going to go in with Terrence Crawford at the end of July. Especially. I heard that too. That
1: was the next question I was going to ask you, supposedly. But they said it's July
2: 24th. Right? Am I correct? And uh, so now it's like the last Saturday in July, yeah. or whatever that is.
1: Yeah, I yeah. thought that was. But they're getting worried because now the gloss of that fight is starting to wear off because they, they're
2: not fighting. Yeah, I'm not as excited about it as I was before. That's what I'm saying. before. It was the best fight in boxing. How much it could be revived? I suppose it could get revived. You know, summer events normally don't go as as well business-wise as during the year because people are doing things some of oh, Jason doesn't know any more than I know at uh, seven <laughs> yeah, twenty. The wouldn't be on the list. The latest right. is seven twenty. <laughs> Jason, uh, Jason and myself are very close. So, but, uh, yes. uh Well, the guys who are doing the most negotiating are the fighters themselves. Spence and Crawford have been on the phone. They've been talking. But what if they've been working out? Uh, why should it take that long to make a deal? I could never figure out these deals. They shouldn't take that long. I understand there's a negotiation period. It could take a little while. But eventually you sit down, you put your heads together. Mm-hmm what you're going to accept, what you're not going to accept. But I think you lie around and you do nothing and there's no one to fight. And that's Errol Spence is thinking, well, who am I fighting that's giving me a big payday now? There's no that's, one out there. That's what I'm asking gonna...
1: because this is the most attractive uh, fight. Should Dion be on what list?
2: That's <laughs> well, what... Hold on, about boxing. Dion. <laughs> well, I will say this about Dion Sanders. You talk about boxing pound for pound, pound for pound. We never talk football position for position, who are the greatest players. Like we're talking boxing pound for pound because obviously the heavyweights would beat everyone else. So that's why we invented a pound for pound list on boxing. But if we're talking position for position as a shutdown cornerback, strictly as a shutdown corner, I don't think anyone was better at his position than Deion Sanders was. As a shutdown corner. See, I, I got there's some that I would say I like Dion,
1: but you got Mike Haynes was a shutdown corner, and then you go back to Night Train Lane. I mean, there's been some great corners in yeah. that. Your guy Revis, was a really no,
2: bad. wasn't as good as Dion. I hate to say it, Revis was great. Dion was like nearly invincible as a shutdown corner. You couldn't you throw in his, oh man. I, I mean, see Leon Michael, Irving. Trusty, see Michael
1: Irving when he was with the 49ers take advantage of him.
2: Michael Irving. Well, that's yeah. his homeboy. Oh man. Yeah. Gave Irving, yeah, he loved Michael Irving. They went to nightclubs together. He gave him some <laughs> slack. Come on, that's out of fact. Oh no, I like Michael, right. I, I listen,
0: listen, I, you know, it's so hard. Again, you gotta go errors. I mean, I, yeah, I'm a I that is true. Emerson Walls was a great cornerback. Yes. I mean, well,
2: awesome. yeah. I, no, no, he was. Deion Sanders, look at the job he did guarding Jerry Rice. He did a heck of a job guarding the great Jerry Rice. I mean, he that's all the that. evidence you
0: need. I mean, I mean, he did all right. I mean, yeah, he did play yeah. pretty good against he Jerry Rice was later
1: in his career.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Jack, it's, I hard, just, to say. That's it's so hard, hard to say.
0: It's so hard to say. That's so hard to say. Deion Wood- didn't
2: like the tackle. That you did like Charles kid. Woodson? Or Rob Charles, Charles Woodson was great, so he yeah, had longevity, he was consistent, he was outstanding. But I'm talking about Dion at his best as Rob Woodson shutdown. and Ronnie Lott. Ronnie Lott might have been I'm the greatest.
1: And what to say? it's hard to say that.
2: I'm not saying he had the best career. What, what,
0: who was that the other cornerback, Jim? You remember the other cornerback that played with Lot too. There was a real great cornerback with Lott move to safety. I can't remember his name right now. Ooh, I'm trying was, to think of that I think it was like number 24. I can't remember his name, but he was unbelievable too. Bernard has had a great defense. Nobody realizes it. Yeah. They had a great defense at their time. Guys, I don't know if you want to do this or not, but starting next week, I like to start predicting the divisions. I don't want to go through every game and like we, we've done in the past and say who would win and who would lose because, you know, that's – It's
2: still a little early for that. I mean – you, you can't hold us to it if we're going to no, come No, no. I mean, Jack, you had us – We co- already know who you're going to pick, Jack. Jack, you had us you picking the World back,
0: Series the right, already, Jim, <laughs> Jack had us well, pick the
2: World Series champion before the season even began. Well, I, did you do it before the season begins, but this is way before the season's it's, beginning. Well, it's not
0: 162 games, though, Jack. It's only
1: 16 or 17 games.
2: 17. 17, games, 17. So it's yeah, going to be, a, it's
1: be interesting year because now back, everybody – Nothing against you, Jack, but they're always talking about the AFC East is this, AFC East is that. They still got to play the NFC East, which was the best conference in the NFL last year. Well, the
2: AFC East is what the NFC West was last year. We thought it was so good. We thought who was going to fall. It it seemed to be such great parity. The Chiefs did win the Super Bowl from the NFC West, but then you look at the Raiders and the Broncos. They just were big disappointments and yes. the charges they were kind of a little disappointing even though they made the playoffs
1: yes i well, this, agree
0: this is the way we'll do it guys we'll do like one conference every week i was okay, that, that way good. that way when we get to the the beginning we'll be picking our we'll
1: conference. start with the afc east
0: afc east yes but jack will jack will pick the jets i know already yeah.
2: jack <laughs> That that sounds. I'm gonna tell you, I wonder the the most intriguing team in the AFC East is the Buffalo Bills. I'll just say that now because I have no idea what to make out of them. I picked them to win the Super Bowl last year, and sometimes the team's window gently closes. And Jim can relate to that because when he went to the Buffalo Bills back in the day. He went to them as the window was closing, but it—you know—they were still a contender, but they had lost their favorite status. And this—and that might be the case with this bill team too. They no longer have that. They Josh
1: Allen is pretty young.
2: But they, but they were favored to go to the Super Bowl did last year. No how,
0: how much did did it hurt the ball leaving and going to the Giants? You think that hurt them more
1: than more than people are thinking? Yes, because that's, that's what I was talking about, coaching. People don't know, realize how coaching and the ball had something that he did, not just coaching, but the culture that he developed there. And people talk about that, but now you that, that's the prime example of it because he took that culture and within a short period of time, he developed that culture in the, with the Giants and Buffalo missed that on offense and you can have great coaches but it's something about it some guys have that it factor
2: and they can do
1: that with one of them
2: you're right indirect this involves the ball indirectly when he was at buffalo mitch trubisky was the backup quarterback for years and the ball worked with him trubisky goes to pittsburgh he was promised a starting job he lost it kenny pickett's their starter now But it's very interesting that Trubisky signed a three-year extension with the Steelers, and Mason Rudolph is still staying with the Steelers voluntarily. Those guys could have jobs with other teams, yet they're sticking with Mike Tomlin as backups. It says a lot about Mike Tomlin keeping a steady quarterback room. That's great coaching, that they have faith in them as backups to stick with their coach.
0: I, I think Trubisky still thinks he can get that starting quarterback position too. I don't
2: Pickett's think it's not a good. lot
0: to hold on to it. I I Pickett think I, I think why would you stay? I mean this is this is a main part of his career. He's in his prime. If he didn't think he had a shot at that starting quarterback, I think he would win somewhere else. But
2: he lost the job last year. Yeah. He probably realizes: look, if Pickett gets hurt, if he falter,s I could come in. I don't know his mindset, you know. Maybe he just enjoys his teammates. Sometimes oh, he yeah, enjoys some you there. enjoy being.
1: I enjoy being in Buffalo. I enjoy being obviously in Dallas, but I some places you just
2: enjoy being at. Yeah, well, Jamie been... Winston. he's sticking at New Orleans as a backup. He likes being there. He just enjoys being there. They he doesn't smart. want to go somewhere else. Well, that's a,
0: it's smart for him to stay at backup because he can't be a starter. You it? know,
2: people don't realize Eli Manning didn't have to retire. He could have stayed with the Giants as a backup. He he, They offered that to him, but Eli said it's not fun being a yeah, backup. Well, you know, he's been starting his whole What life.
0: starting quarterback that won a couple Super Bowls wants to be a backup? I don't think. If you
2: like being part of a team agree, and you don't want to retire, you enjoy the life and you. And you You're can help out young players. You're it the man. you yeah. you be
0: a coach? He doesn't want to be a coach either. He doesn't want to do that either. That's a grind. Well, folks, next week we will start uh, one one uh, division a week. We'll start picking our uh, our the records and why we think you know where people will fit. Let's start with the AFC West. Let's start with a division. Okay. No idea where, where, what's going to happen there except that Kansas City is going to win it. That's pretty simple. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so we'll do that starting next week, and then we'll lead up until we get to the beginning of the season. Um, you guys have a great Sunday. Glad you st- stayed aboard. Thanks for the comments. Thanks for the views. Thanks to Robert and uh, and Keith for coming in. I guess Pags is still on the road doing his thing. So hopefully, he'll be back next Friday. Folks, have a great Sunday. We'll s- Jack will see you Monday on Glove Fist, and of course, I'll be talking right. about. Amy. Yes. Haney, they'll be talking about Haney and Lomachenko, and hopefully they argue with that. Seven surprise. o'clock Eastern time. Yes, yeah, seven o'clock I Eastern. Watch this because I have, I like this stuff. And Jim will be back with Byron Williams, and they both agree that uh, the great defensive end for the New York Giants uh, will have 10 sacks this year. It's his second year. So um, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that. No yeah, yeah. Three,
2: three, three, and one. He'll have four big games and 13 clunkers where he does nothing. <laughs>
0: All right, there you go. That's wow. Jack with, with sour grapes because the Jets didn't get yeah. him. Uh, But Wednesday, Jim and Byron will be on uh, Jambi talking Shop, 8 p.m. Eastern to 9 p.m. Uh, Eastern also. Uh, it would be crazy with Central. That would be cool. But anyway, folks, we'll see you. Uh, Mac and Jack back here on Thursday. Have a great Sunday.
1: Have a great weekend. You, rest man. of the Sunday,
0: really. The weekend's over.